Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. On today's show, Hornets lose another close one, this time to Chicago, and Coach Clifford was candid after the game. Plus, we answer the question that Nada Edwards set up in the last show with a loss to the Bulls, is this season over? We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Locked On Locked On Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day, whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Frame Warehouse. Visit framewarehouse.net and find one of their six locations in Charlotte. They have the best price, uh, the guaranteed best price, on your next framing project. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. I'm back. Back in the saddle again, Doug. It feel, well, job, I, I'm sure you you probably didn't want to come back on this game, but hey, what's what makes this one so special, Doug? We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. Let's start in Charlotte, where the, where the weather outside was miserable. The result inside the Spectrum Center. Not much different. Hornets lose 115-109. Jeremy Lamb started in place of the injured Nick Batum, who was out after suffering a migraine. Lamb led the way in scoring with 26. Marvin Williams had another 18-rebound game. Great game for Marvin Williams. And Kimba Walker had a double-double, 21 points, 10 assists, but it was not enough to fight off 24 points from Nikola Mirotic, one of four Bulls who scored 20 or more Justin Thomas was in the locker room after the game. I talked to him last night about the team's mood after its most devastating loss of the season. For the most part, Doug, uh, this team usually handles um, losses pretty well. But I think tonight's loss, um, when I went into locker room today, I think guys, you could you could see that guys visibly knew that. I mean, their, their chances of now getting to the playoffs are are likely gone. I mean, it wasn't anything as, as, as drastic as guys just looking, you know, highly disappointed, but it was just the body language. Like, it was very quiet. Guys were kind of sat, you know, in their seat. It was, it was almost like you're kind of shocked. Um, and, and this was a game they needed to win. Um, we, we have talked about, okay, you know, they get a home stretch um, against some favorable teams. They should be able to, you know, string some wins together. And, against a Bulls team that had lost five straight going into tonight. Um, Charlotte let them get going early, and ultimately they rallied. They fought hard, even tied it once. But in the end, um, the biggest issue that has plagued them all season has been their fourth-quarter defense. And when the game is on the line, when it's winning time, um, Charlotte used to win those games last year. That used to be one of those things where, Okay, when it was late in the fourth quarter, you knew somehow, some way, 
they were going to find a way to pull it out. And in 2016-17, um, it's the complete opposite. When games are on the line, they're not finding ways to win. All right, big thanks to Justin there. He covers the Hornets for ESPNCharlotte.net. David, where did it all go wrong? Oh, Doug, um, that's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot to answer for. Um, well, okay, so let's start at the top. Nick Batum, I think, is a big piece of this, Doug. I mean, you and Nada talked about this yesterday, right? And Nada was throwing down the gauntlet saying that they lost this game, the season was over. I don't necessarily disagree with him in the end. I think the season's probably over, but um, it's not because they lost this game. I just think this team can't afford to lose anybody, much less a starter, much less, you know, likely their second best player. You know what I mean? So they were starting in a hole to begin with, and then you give up 36 points in the first quarter. Not a good way to start at home. Offense, once again, was not necessarily the problem. Um, they just could not stop. Hey, look at the Bulls. They have a big three, Doug. What would you think? Yeah, well, they, they, you know, the lineup changes were the big story coming into this game, and they were they, they came, you know, fairly quickly or, or at least fairly uh, close to tip. Uh, the Bulls deciding to put in Nikola Mirotic. He was a healthy scratch for the past three games. Uh, he comes in and scores 24 and gets 11 boards off the bench, including three offensive rebounds. Rajon Rondo, who went from starter at the beginning of the season to out of the rotation to a bench role, suddenly was back in the starting role, and that goes to show how desperate the Bulls were for a victory, and we talked about that in the preview. They came into this game spiraling out of control, five-game losing streak, and both of those guys uh, made the most of their opportunity. Rondo was absolutely devastating. Got an email here from J-Dog, J-Money, Jason, saying... You know it's going to be a long night when Rondo hits his first three three-pointers yeah. of the night. And Rondo, <laughs> not known as a three-point shooter, but he had open looks in the corner, had all day to set up a shot. And, you know, even guys that don't shoot the three-ball well, if they have you know plenty of time, uh, they can knock it down, and Rondo proved that. And the reason they had so much time is because The Hornets had a really tough time, both the starters and the bench, but especially the second unit, had a really tough time stopping the Bulls' penetration. And Mm -hmm. after the game, um, Coach Clifford, very, uh, very, uh, what's the word? Uh, Just very specific about the problems that the Hornets have right now. We play with no discipline defensively. We don't. We don't. Which has been our calling card here for three years. We've been smart, hard to play against, don't beat ourselves. And that's where anything but that right now. That sound you heard was Clifford tapping on the table. Very, (laughs) very, yeah, tapping, pounding, whatever word you Uh, want to use. Um, He was very frustrated with the Hornets' defense. They give up 18 fast break points for the game. And in the fourth quarter, they allow the Bulls to shoot 47.6%. Just absolutely could not get a stop late in this game or a rebound. Yeah, and it was the whole game, right? You mentioned the penetration. I mean, they were in the in the paint in the fourth quarter and the first quarter, all over. I mean, it it was something that I'm sure drove them crazy. And it's like the Bulls shot 43 pointers, Doug. 40. Uh, They're not a three game. point shooting team, right? And they hit 35 percent of them. You know, you mentioned the fast break points. That's becoming something of just like a throwaway at this point. The, the Hornets just do not get out and run, which is which is you know a thing i guess it's okay you'd like to get some easy buckets but they just don't nothing comes easy and when you move lamb up into that starting lineup right you just take away some potential production from the bench you got frank who was coming back off his injury so they got no help from the bench which is not an uncommon story this year 
and you know just weren't able to close it out or or you know they were able to fight back enough i'll say that i mean the fourth quarter was a little interesting if you thought they would actually come back and tie it but they just could not climb up that mountain again and they main thing they couldn't stop the bulls i mean you said it clifford said it uh it was painful to watch at that point you mentioned jeremy lamb had 26 points in place of nick batum so offense not the problem for Lamb. He definitely found some ways to manufacture offense for the Hornets in isolation, uh, dribble penetration, uh, but the struggle was real for him on the other side of the ball. Uh, here's uh, Steve Clifford again, not naming names, uh, but uh, I think it's pretty clear. We're learning the hard ways, but we got some guys that they think they're doing okay and they're not. They're not. They're not. doesn't matter how much you score if your team doesn't play well when you're on the floor. And, uh, you know, that's the lesson that has to be learned here. And Seems I, like that's yeah, all four starters in double figures there, Doug. Seems like that he might be talking about Lamb. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you, you just look at the game. I mean, there were missed opportunities for Lamb. Uh, he mentioned explicitly the drive with uh, they were down four. The Hornets were down four, yeah. about two and a half minutes to go. And Rondo... Uh, drives by Kimba Walker or Kimba and MKG were, were doing something on a switch and then Kimba had to leave his switch and come back over because Lamb missed the opportunity to cut off Rondo's drive and then of course Rondo biting on those two Dwayne Wade fakes and they were <laughs> they were just really bad bites I mean there's biting on a fake and then there's what Jeremy Lamb did which is go all the way up on the air all the way up in the air and then drape over Dwayne Wade That's and Wade, foul man. him uh, you know yeah. one one in a very crucial situation late in the game uh, so also the Hornets missed a few chances at grabbing some long rebounds and loose balls I mean these are just kind of effort, toughness, physicality type things that the Hornets missed out on. They allowed 11 offensive rebounds, got 11 offensive rebounds, did their job on the offensive boards, but this team is about defensive rebounding. It's about keeping the other team away from uh, the offensive boards and away from easy points. Uh, Three go to Rajon Rondo, one very important one late to Jimmy Butler with four Hornets surrounding him that led to a Miritich dagger. It was plays like that that had Clifford questioning the team's physicality once again. Not the first time, but once again. You can't just get beaten up every night on every loose ball, every long rebound, and then not respond. And uh, that was a story tonight. It was a story Saturday. This has been a story too many times this year. Mm, mm. Tough night. Yeah. Now, Doug, let me ask you this, because, I mean, this roster and this team was put together in a very specific way Um, on this night. Like I said, you had all four starters and double figures. You had two starters net double doubles with Marvin grabbing 18 boards again to go with 13 points. Kemba, as you mentioned, 21 and 10. You got 22 points from Michael Kidd Gilchrist. You got 26 points from a non-starter who was stepping up in Jeremy Lamb. But that was it. You know, there was nothing else. And, uh, you know, you, you got to go with, with what you got and you got to have your players play the right way. But it's like, man, I mean, going into this game, you could just see shorthanded and we know what this team does shorthanded. What it's hard to ask a lot more. I don't know. Is it, am I, am I crazy in that? Is that wrong? 
Are, are we questioning Clifford or their construction more than than we are what was actually out there? That's a very multi-layered question, David, and yeah. I would like to deep dive into it in just a moment. So keep that train of thought. But I but before we do that, I have to tell you about our friends at Frame Warehouse. If you have a poster or jersey that you've been waiting to get framed, get up on the wall. Don't wait any longer. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse. We're proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family-owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years. And they have the guaranteed best price on every framing project. At Frame Warehouse, you can frame almost anything for next to nothing. If you can think of it, you can get it framed. Sports memorabilia, posters for your office, maybe your kid's bedroom. We're talking jerseys. Get that stuff up on the wall. They'll even cube up that signed football helmet you have laying around the house. Framing something seems like a daunting task sometimes. What kind of frame do I get? Glass, maybe no glass. Luckily, Frame Warehouse has framing experts that will walk you through the process and get your project turned around super quick and for a great price. Don't let your prized possessions go undisplayed. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse today at one of their six locations in Charlotte. Go to framewarehouse.net to find the one nearest you and tell them Locked On Hornets sent you. And of course, give them a Go Hornets, Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. They are the official framing store of the Framing Warehouse of Locked On Hornets. Um, okay, I want to get back to your question because you, you said the roster was constructed in a certain way and that way was high basketball IQ and uh, a lot of skill, a lot of finesse. And Clifford talked about it in the post game. You, you have to recognize that's who you are, understand that you aren't the most physical team in the world, and then respond to that by being more physical than opponents expect you to be. And so far this season, that hasn't happened. And you know, Coach Clifford again talked about it, talked about in the post game uh, that. He that you need to do that, and that you know, he mentioned something very interesting. He talked about uh, he, he mentioned a quote from a former uh, staff member that he worked with, a uh, former coach that he worked with in Orlando about being the right coach for your team every year. And it seemed almost like Clifford was questioning whether um, he was. I don't know how to put this, maybe not the right coach for this team, but just that like Clifford demands toughness. And if this team and, and he has been trying to get that message through the, through to this team and they haven't responded by getting back on defense and transition by going for loose balls, by just being, as he puts it, very tough to play against. And, and I think that goes a little bit to roster construction. I think when they, when they brought the guys in in the offseason to replace the Al Jeffersons and the Courtney Lees and the Jeremy Lins, I, I don't know that they necessarily put together uh, the, the players that, can, com, that had that level of competitiveness, athleticism, toughness that's necessary to win close games. Because that's been the thing, David. The stats right. have been similar from last year to this year in terms of offensive rating, in terms of defensive rating, in terms of efficiency. They've been relatively the same. It's been these close games, just like this one against the Bulls, that they can't pull out in the fourth quarter because the other team makes one or two more plays than they do. Yeah, and if it's not you know, relying on Kemba for every big shot, it's like last night they could not get a stop. And, I mean, of course Clifford is going to um, talk about the play right after the game. I mean, that, that is his job. He's got to coach the players that are out there. The players out there have to play. 
I guess I was just looking at it from a larger perspective and that, you know, I mean, at this point, this is what it is. I mean, Doug, look at the guys off the bench that played. Okay. This is, this is the, this is your NBA bench in an NBA game. Bellinelli, Travion Graham, Frank Kaminsky, Brian Roberts, Briante Weber. And Fra- and Frank I mean, Kaminsky wasn't playing very well. And I think that's to be expected. I mean, he is a shooter and he's coming off a shoulder injury and right. he looked Half man, half compression tape. He looked. He I looked mean, he was he was taped right? up a lot. So I mean, you you can't expect a ton from him. I don't think his first game out. But I do want to go back to to what uh, you were saying. Just like the some of the mental toughness. Was there an inordinate amount of jumping to pass the ball to you last night? I just felt like I saw that from guys across the board. You know, getting in the air, particularly Jeremy Lamb, a couple of times, getting in the air, maybe not knowing exactly what to do, and then trying to throw a pass. You know, behind them to someone that was open. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the offense did not seem at sync, in sync at all times. Yeah, and yeah. when you and and that I think goes to losing Nick Batum for a game. I mean, he bring sure. he sort of brings some of that cohesiveness to the offense, and you lose that when you lose him. And, and Jeremy Lamb is not. I mean, Jeremy Lamb is <clears throat> can do a couple of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. He can score. He can rebound. But he's not going to be able to, you know, glue together the offense like Nick Batum can. Uh, but going back to toughness, that desire for toughness led to subbing in the newest Hornets addition, Briante Weber, in the third quarter instead yes. of sticking with Brian War- Roberts. Uh, Justin Thomas asking Clifford after the game about subbing in Briante. Here's what he had to say. I just was looking for some toughness. Somebody, you know, he's, uh, you know, I don't know how good he is, but he's tough. <laughs> You know what I mean? And he's confident. And I was just looking for a burst. And, and he did a good job. You got the ball going to the basket. Um, I think he plays with a lot of personality. You obviously watch him. He's got a lot of things to learn. But I was just looking for, you know, a burst. You know, somebody to bring something. Dive on the floor. You know, get a traffic rebound. He was just looking for something. something. I think he got it, Doug. I mean, he got it at times. He, he Is took it- Wade. Listen, Dwayne Wade's not quite Leonard, but. Um, you know, he was able to drive around him, had some nice floaters in the lane. That's not really what, you know, not necessarily what they're looking for from him, but also got up on a couple guys on defense. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't, I don't know what quite has taken this long. A lot of what I think that's the fair question. Did they, did coach Clifford wait too long to, to try out Briante Weber and bring that spark that he was looking for against the Bulls. Maybe they could have used that spark against New Orleans. I think that's a fair question. But let's just talk about how Weber did. I think you saw I, – I saw exactly what I expected. Some good, some bad. That's what you get with a guy on a 10-day contract from the D-League who has – you know, very little time to pick up the nuances of the offense, the nuances of the defense. You know, he's th- th- that player, whether it's uh, Briante Weber or Johnny O'Brien or, uh, you know, even Miles Plumley, um, they have to come in there in that situation and learn very quickly and try to go make an impact. And, and that's what you saw from Briante. I mean, he was a ton of energy. I love the way Coach Clifford put it. He plays with personality. <laughs> that's a, that's I true. think that's a way of saying he, he's very creative out there. It's the same same kind of thing. It's like he's obviously has a lot to learn still. Um, what put himself in some good positions but also put himself in some bad positions. I think about that first play where he had the strip on Miritich and almost got the ball, but uh, did not stay with the play, and Miritich ends up uh, getting the scramble play and then getting the three-point shot. So 
you know, there were some good things, there were some bad things, but I think it was the right call to get Briante Weber in there after the the second unit. Uh, again, just getting shellacked by a team, yeah. uh, offensively yeah. and defensively, uh, just you know losing losing a lead. I mean, the the Hornets had no chance of holding a lead when when they had no. to, when they had to break the lineup. Um, no. Tough. That's and that's been the story. I think you've got to take your chances with it. And I think he said after the game he is going to play more minutes, right? I mean, anything will be more than what he's been playing. But it sounds like they're going to give him a, a more of a look. And I mean, literally at this point, why not? I mean, it's, what have you got to lose? I don't think there's much to risk here. Um, you, you've got to be able to maybe hope for some highs with Briante Weber. Um, hey, maybe maybe even extend a lead for once. That'd be that'd be interesting. That'd be a fun thing to see. Well, they did it. They um, did that against Orlando. Um, yeah, but. You know, you have to look at the competition in in that instance. All right, I think we're ready, David, for your big question. (laughs) Okay, Um, Doug, I've got a couple, but they have they have a general. Well, hit me. Okay, Um, let's start off with this one, Doug. Today, if I was to offer you a first round series in the playoffs, would you take it? Well, okay, from. It's tough. I mean, from a fan perspective, I mean, the playoffs are are a great opportunity for your team to showcase themselves uh, to the nation and uh, you build a winning culture. Those are all good things. But I think this team in its current state gets gets knocked out 4-0 in any first round series. It doesn't matter whether they're uh, what seed you put them in, what matchup you put them in. I just don't think this team as it's currently constructed and the way that it's playing right now and the mentality that they have can really go out there and compete with any of the top eight teams in the East. So no, I guess I'm, I'm saying no, <laughs> because I just don't know that it's, that it's worth it. Fair enough. The correct answer was yes. You always take the first round playoff series. <laughs> Moving on. Doug was losing that game. Was that game really the end? Now, Nada, our good friend Nada Edwards made a great point was it was fantastic yesterday on the show said if this game goes down as a loss for the hornets it's over we can pack it in there's no excuse for that um is that is that where it stands today is, is it is this the end i've been thinking a lot about this question mm-hmm. um obviously i mean mathematically it is not the end uh, right. they they certainly have a, a shot to pull things together um uh, maybe you know, maybe Clifford's words in the locker room and after the game to the press will will have some immediate impact and they can reel off a few wins. They certainly got a lot of home games left in March. So from that perspective, no, it's not over. But the more I think about it, the more this other question pops into my head, which is, did the season ever really begin? Uh, did this season, and what I mean by that is, did this season really ever have a chance of being as successful as this team wanted it to be, which is, I mean, the goal has always been win a first-round playoff series. And I'm not sure the, the, the way the bench was constructed, because I think they went in having a plan of, okay, we're going we're gonna to solidify the starting unit because that starting unit plays so well. And that's, that's um, you know, that bears itself out in the stats. The starting unit plays really well. So they went and got Marvin and they went and got Nick Batum and sacrificed the bench. But I thought they, they probably, I'm speculating here, but I, they probably thought that they could rectify that bench situation later on in the season, that the bench would grow together, they would find some ways to stagger players and maybe make a move at the trade deadline. And then injuries got in the way. 
and and injuries really devastated this team's opportunity to gel, come together, find a way for the bench to play better. And um, I, I don't know. I think the eight and three start was a mirage, and I'm not sure. And when I hear so, I hear Coach Clifford talking about. Um, you know, connecting with his. Okay, here's here's. I want to play this clip. I think this will help me um, illustrate my point. Here's uh, Coach Clifford on connecting with the team. You know, everybody talks about connecting. You know, right? I'm supposed to be good at connecting. Well, I haven't connected with this team, okay? Because I know what the problems is are. They know what the problems are. It's not hard to see, and yet the problems have not been fixed. And that's coaching. That's my job. So Steve Clifford puts a mm, lot of it on it. himself, and that's and that's noble. That's yeah. noble. And, and, and certainly he does, with a lot of people, share the blame for what's happened this season. But I question, and I go back to what he, what he mentioned in that press conference about being the right coach for that team every year. And, and I just don't know if, if this team um, had the right mentality this season to play Hornets basketball. Because Clifford established what Hornets basketball means very cl- has meant very clearly for the past three years. Yeah. Yeah. And they just haven't played it. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know if the, the, the season ever began. Oh, okay. So your answer is I'm saying mathematically no, but okay. but realistically, I yes. I think I think right. it's 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 time to figure some things out with these remaining games okay. And, okay. and make some decisions you. in the offseason. Okay, yeah. Correct answer was no, it's not over. One, because nothing is ever over now. <laughs> Three one, I don't care. Elections, I don't care. Super Bowls, I don't care. Nothing is ever over. Um, so I'll give you half a point for that one. Now, last question, Doug, you kind of hit on it. Easier to explain the Hornets hot start or this pile of poo poo they've put together lately. I think the, the hot start is probably easier to explain because this team was a mirage. Huh? You just said it. It was a mirage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, well, you could explain it that way, but you could also look back to that start and go, I think skill teams and finesse teams and teams that can that, – and they shot the ball really well, but I think those teams can play well at the beginning of the season, but as defenses tighten up, as as teams become uh, better scouted – More cohesive. Yeah, I mean, cohesive, yeah, it's right. just, you have to – like this Bulls game, the, the, the game that they played last night, that's not a game that you would play in the first 15 games, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. that, that's a, of, it's one, a physical game. It's a game that's going to come down to possessions. It's a game that's going to come down to physicality. That's not a game you play in the first 15 games. Yeah, and I think one of the advantages we talked about early on with this team was that they had been together, right? They didn't have to do a lot of adjustments to getting to know each other. And that bore out. I mean, that made sense. They they had some success early on. So, But you can hear it in Clifford, right? I mean, he's like, I'm not sure what <laughs> – He's searching for answers too. They've been searching for answers for a long time. Um, it's, and, 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 I mean, and, that, and it's that statement, David. Right? That statement to me, because we've been talking about this all season. It's like, is the is the message connecting? Is right. the message being received by the players? Because he says these things in in post game press conferences, same things, and and it's not bearing itself out in the play. Yeah. So. Uh, this, I guess, is uh, yeah. I mean, this this sort of um, solidified that, and and it, and he, he says it after again one of the most frustrating. Devast- this is a game the Hornets should have won. How many times you said that this season? There's no doubt about it. I mean, they should have won this game. This was um, 
I mean, you know, credit to the Bulls. They made some lineup changes, yeah, and you had Miritich and Rondo. It's a little unfortunate. The Hornets play if the Hornets had played the Bulls any other night, except a of night course. when uh, you know when Hoiberg decides to, to play guys that he hasn't played in a, in a long time and give them opportunities. And of course, you know Rondo is a, is a competitor. Miritich is a competitor, and Wait. you know th- they've been looking for the, that opportunity, and they took advantage of it in in the most brutal way possible. But if you're a team that wants to make the playoffs. You respond. The Hornets had plenty of chances to respond. I don't care that Rondo hit three threes at the beginning of the game. He missed a lot of threes, too. You had a chance to respond, and certain guys did. I thought MKG and Kemba carried this basketball team uh, in in the final stretch of of this game, and they just did not have the bodies, and they did not, and, and certain guys didn't have the mentality necessary. I mean, Ron, uh, Butler got that offensive rebound around four Hornets players. Mm-hmm. MKG tried to put a body on him, and, and Butler had the position and pushed him out of the way. But you had Lamb, Zeller, and I think Marvin was around that too. Somebody's got to put a body on him, and move, even yeah. if you foul him, even if you foul him, you got to put a body on him. Yeah, you got to throw your weight around sometimes, and especially when you're playing against a superstar. And Butler is, I'll say, a superstar in Wade just based on his body of work. Again, Wade, nine, Wade nine points in the fourth quarter. We see it over yeah, and over. Star players stepping yep. up and beating the Hornets. Yep. Yep. Check the That's box. That's it, Doug. You did a good job on those questions, though. It's pretty good. Um, well, I I appreciate it. I'm always searching for You know it. your stuff. Dad? You really know your stuff. Did I, did I do a good job, Dad? <laughs> Hornets next game is Wednesday in Indiana. We're going to find out how well this Hornets locker room can hold together and how they feel about this season, David, for sure. I mean, that's going to be, you know, another tough matchup for the Hornets and uh, against the talented Pacers team. So we shall see. We shall see how well, because I think, you know, regardless of whether you think they're going to make the playoffs, the, the, I think this last stretch of games is important. It's important because. Even though they've got Lamb and Bellinelli locked up next year, they are not; those are not unmovable contracts. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I think guys. I think there are a couple of guys on this roster that have a lot to prove that they can. Um, and I think Clifford feels like he has a lot to. Can he translate the message and and and, and get through to these guys that even though maybe. Um, and I'm sure he's not saying that the playoffs are out of reach, but but once it gets to that point, is this team going to quit? Or will this team mm-hmm. find a way to play good basketball and, because they've got a lot of guys? That's the thing. You've got so many guys that are locked up in contracts. The worst thing, in my mind, that can happen to this team is if they quit. Oh, well, we've talked about because how, I don't I don't care about draft position. I don't I honestly don't care because they're, they're going they're to end up 10 through about. 14. It's going to be the same type of guy. If you can't get into the top 10, it's going to be the same type of guy. Okay? Doug, they're going to they're going to be looking to do something to your point. So, I don't think anyone should be feeling like uh, you know, their jobs are are safe minus, you know, some of the obvious Kimba clearly, but like they've got to make some changes on this roster, right? I don't think Clippers going anywhere. I don't think Kimba's going anywhere. 
Um, I don't think Nick, I don't think yeah. the core is going anywhere, but, the, but, but their, their options are limited to change things up. So that means some right. guys may they're be, not going you know, anywhere, but we, we have to go somewhere. Thanks. For, we we got to get out of here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to locked on Hornets here on the locked on podcast network. We're on tonight live LOH live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets at six o'clock PM. Uh, shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzz, buzz at locked on Hornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with more Hornets news and analysis for David. I'm Doug go Hornets go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked on Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m.